Hallelujah! Christ is risen! Hallelujah! I love saying that. And I'm so grateful for the end of that season when we couldn't say it. But now we're in the season of Easter. And besides the hallelujahs, there are other clues around us. The vestments are white and gold, and the, and the Paschal candle burns from Easter to Pentecost, a sign of our risen life. I confess to you that I'm a bit of a liturgical geek, and I don't mean that in terms of designing the liturgy, but appreciating the meaning behind all the parts of the liturgy. And I especially love the liturgical year and its seasons. In each season of the year, we learn something about the seasons of life. In Advent, we learn how to live through the times of waiting in life, waiting for Jesus to be born into a situation, waiting for test results, waiting for news after a job interview, waiting for a loved one in surgery. Advent teaches us how to wait. In Lent, we learn how to live during the dry desert times of our lives and the times of temptation and failure. This season, Easter season, we learn about the life of resurrection. Luke 20, 36 says, we are children of the resurrection. We are Easter people. What is resurrection life all about? What can we expect as Easter people? Last week's gospel revealed that Easter people can expect the risen Christ to come into our fears. Remember the disciples huddled in a locked room and Jesus suddenly appearing in their midst? This week, we learn that the risen Christ comes to Easter people in their hopelessness. In today's gospel, we have two of the disciples walking towards a city called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And as they walk, they're talking about the previous week's events, about Jesus' trial and crucifixion, and about the rumors swirling about town. Was that he stolen? Did Jesus revive and walk away? Well, it was the women who told the story of the resurrection, and you know how women embellish things. But the fact that Jesus didn't appear to everyone, there are only seven stories of resurrection. The rest of the people had to listen to the testimony of the others and decide what to believe. That was the situation of the early church. And it's our situation today. If you haven't had an experience of meeting the risen Christ, then you have to read about them in the scripture or listen to the testimony of someone who has. And then we have a choice to make. We have to decide to believe or not. But better yet, we could have an experience of the risen Christ ourselves. How is that most likely to happen? Where are we most likely to meet him? 
These are the questions that the Easter season Gospels try to answer for us. In today's Gospel, Luke seems to be saying it's most likely to happen on the road to Emmaus. The road to Emmaus is a road everyone has walked on at one time or another. Some of us have walked it a number of times. The road to Emmaus is when your team has lost, when your candidate is defeated, when you fail a class, when you fail as a human being, when you give in to your weaknesses, when you lose a job, when you are rejected in a relationship, when you get bad news from the doctor, when a loved one dies. The road to Emmaus is when you've lost all hope. It's a time of deep disappointment, a time like these two disciples were experiencing. Things are so promising, they tell the stranger who has joined them. There were powerful teachings and miracles. You should have seen miracles. And then things went so wrong, and now there's nothing left to do but go home. We had hoped. Hope in the past tense. There is nothing sadder than those words. We had hoped. Hoped things would change, but we were wrong. It's over now. No more fairy tales for us. No more illusions. And then the stranger sort of explodes. You don't get it, he says. If you knew your scriptures, it's all there in black and white. The Messiah isn't the one who wins the power struggle. He loses it. The Messiah is not the undefeated champion. He's the suffering servant, the broken one. He comes in glory with his wounds still visible. Barbara Brown Taylor, priest and author, the way you recognize Christ and his followers is not by their muscles, but by their scars. And Jesus seems to prefer company of those who are broken. Broken people with broken dreams in a broken world. It's when we are most broken that we are most likely to meet the risen Lord. Jesus comes to the disappointed, the doubtful, the sorrowful, those who don't know their Bible, those who don't even recognize him when he's there, those who have given up on him and are headed home. I'm going to tell you a story. It's one of my road to Emmaus stories. And as I share it with you, I want you to think about how easy it would have been for me to miss the whole thing. A number of years ago, I had a bad week, a really bad week. The first thing that happened was that my mentor, the man who'd sponsored me for the priesthood, who had been a dear friend and helper for so many years, announced that he was going all the way across the country to accept a position, and he was leaving. And then a dear friend of mine moved up to Northern California. And finally, another dear friend, we had, our kids were about oh, that high at this time, 
we had raised our kids together and we'd spent Easter and Christmas together, our families, and we were the best of friends. And she announced to me that she could no longer relate to me now that I was a priest. And so she was breaking off the relationship. So three blows in one week. And my heart was absolutely broken. And I did what I often do when my heart is breaking or when I'm having a problem. I went to the beach and I walked. And I walked and I cried because that's what I do when, I, when I'm at the beach and I'm brokenhearted. And I don't know how long I walked or how far I walked. But at some point as I'm walking along and the tears are streaming down my face, I become aware of a presence. And it was kind of behind and to my left. And, um, and so I kind of turned to see, and it was a homeless man. And I can tell you that he had been living on the streets a long time because you could smell him before you could see him. And he was dirty and disheveled and his clothes were rags and and he was back there and I and, and I did what a lot of women do the first thing you think is you know fear uh, is it safe so I just said to the Lord Lord am I safe and immediately a sense of peace came over me and I and I knew okay it's all right to just allow this to, to continue to allow this to happen and so I just kept walking and crying and he silently walked, he moved up so that we were, and he, and he walked with me. And again, I can't tell you how long we walked, not very long, when he said to me, what's wrong? I don't know why I did this, except that it had to have been the spirit moving. And, and, and so I told him the whole story about each of the relationships and about how, how broken I was and how much my heart hurt and how lonely I felt. And he listened and he didn't say a thing. And we walked along for I don't know how much further when suddenly he stopped and he turned towards me and I turned towards him. And he said, don't you know Jesus is always with you? Don't you know Jesus is always with you? So take heart. When you are broken and things feel hopeless, take heart when you're hurting or doubtful or disappointed. Take heart. You may not recognize him at the time. He may come in disguise. The scales may not fall off your eyes till much later, but be assured the risen Christ is walking along with you. Keep watching. Keep listening. At every Eucharist, at the culmination of the prayer of consecration, when the bread and wine are blessed, comes one of my favorite moments of the Eucharist. It's called the fraction. The bread is broken. The priest raises it up and breaks the bread, and then there is, for just a moment, silence. It's a moment that's so important, so beautiful. 
It is the moment when we remember the risen Christ is the suffering servant, the broken one. And he can be counted on to come to us in our brokenness. And we say, risen Lord, be known to us in the breaking of the bread. Amen.